It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey everybody, welcome back to Gamer Heroes episode 24. I'm Derek, I got John here. Yo! What's up man? It's good man, it's really good. We, got, we actually have stuff to talk about this week. Um, with, we usually with, have with, stuff to well, talk about. <laughs> with, the, with the exception of the scarce news, as everyone knows it's a desert after um, E3. E3, yeah, that's true, that's definitely true. Uh, if things sound different this week, we, we tried a multi-mic experience last week. And if you heard the echoes and stuff like that, I'm very sorry. We did not discover the inconsistent echoing until it was a little too late. So I like how you phrased that. It was the uh, the Dolby experience. <laughs> not in a good way, man. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so we're going to be talking about uh, the game Vaccine. We're going to be talking about Zelda Breath of the Wild. We'll be talking Overwatch, a little bit of PS4, and then Castlevania. Yeah, that's our main topic this week, by the way, if so, you didn't know. Yeah, so Save the best for last. That's what we're talking about. Um, so I'll just jump in real quick with a little bit of Breath of the Wild stuff. Sure. I, we talked last week, I, I was kind of getting back into it, trying to finish it up. Um, I knocked out the fourth Divine Beast. I so got all of them now. Explain. So I, I've been playing it too a little bit more. So the fourth Divine Beast, and we, we had a little discussion about oh, this. Oh, right, the map issue. The map issue. So okay. since it's an open world, yes, you can technically choose a random point and go i guess right yeah. so i guess i must have done that so okay so let, me, so let me ask you this so you went to the village right and to talk to impa or yeah, whatever you, you, name spoke, is, yeah. you spoke to impa yeah okay. now did you did you not go north and back towards the castle in that direction or so i i've now i have a better feeling because i'm right at the divine beast i went to this water type kingdom Okay. Yeah. Yes, the elephant. So yes, the elephant beast. Yeah. Okay, that is the first one you're okay. supposed okay. to go to. So That's... I did go to the right yeah. one. I okay. started going north, and then you just kind of yeah. start going east. <laughs> yeah. So you basically like, that's kind of the flow. So you go to that one. The next one is on the volcano. Gotcha. Uh, and then after that, you kind of have a choice at that point. Uh, I my, my missions kind of took me south through into the desert, mm-hmm. and so I went to the desert one which is actually um, what I'm dubbing the cross-dressing episode uh, <laughs> of Breath of the Wild, where you, you actually do have to cross-dress to enter the See, village. I now know what to do. <laughs> well, Who to talk to. Y- you don't, though, because it's a little weird, because there's a character you have to talk to who's in a very strange spot and only available certain times of the day. Ah. So, um, And then the, the last one is in the far, uh, I guess, west, and that is with uh, that's a bird. It's it's in the air. So gotcha. there's a lot of, it's the the the, uh, the Rito. So it's like a mountainous there. terrain, or a, a little bit. It's more of um it's 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 up high. It's cold. There's some snow and things like that. And uh, the the Rito are all birds, so they can all fly and, and things like that. Cool. Which is which is pretty cool. Um, I will say that 
that was for me at least definitely the easiest divine yeah. beast by a, by a long shot. So let me ask you this: uh, since I'm tackling on my first beast, is there always little random crap that you have to collect before you can fight the beast? Like the the one that I'm about to fight in the Water Kingdom, uh-huh. like you need to get twenty shock arrows. 20. Um, so, <laughs> and okay. it's a very specific number of shock arrows. It's funny that they did, I think that was to kind of help, because it's the first one you go to, is kind of help teach you inventory and things yeah. like that, because later they just give you the items that you need. See, and that's what so. I thought. <laughs> and I imagine, like, that's how it would be, because I'm yeah. like, well, I've got this lightning rod thing, is that not going to work? No, you have no. to have the arrows. Apparently it's 20 exact arrows that takes them down. Yeah, later they just kind of give you what you need. <laughs> for, the, for the last two Divine Beasts, they really just give them to you, which, Those which is fine. Um, but yeah, so you have to always do like a thing to stop the beast, mm-hmm. and then you have to go in the beast, and then you have to spin the beast or make the beast move in certain ways to get to these terminals that you have to turn on that, so you can activate the beast and regain control. And of course, then that's when the bad guy shows up that you have to fight, and I'm not going to go too spoilery after that, but... Um, the, the final one, the Rito beast, the bird beast, um, was the only one that I was able to do in one clean shot no way. without having to leave and come back or without dying or without having to look up a walkthrough to figure out like a certain part of it. Cause normally there'd be one terminal that I just, I wasn't sure how to get to. I couldn't quite figure out how to maneuver the beast to get to it. Or, um, as was the case in the desert with the camel beast, that was just a very difficult Ganon to fight and so I died a few times right but this one it was just really straightforward and to the point and very easy for me and uh, that was a little bit anticlimactic but uh but yeah so now I'm ready to fight Ganon so I'm gonna Mm -hmm. I'm gonna finish unlocking the last two towers so I can finish the map get a few more shrines get another heart or two maybe or some more stamina and then, then I'm going after them so that's uh I'm excited for you <laughs> I'm, at the, I'm, I'm <laughs> at the 45 hour mark for the yeah, game, which yeah. is pretty cool. Uh, I feel good about that. It uh, it certainly doesn't feel like 45 hours. It feels so much shorter than that because I've just been enjoying it so much. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's been my main focus right now. That's good. That's good. Um, like I've been trying to get back into it, obviously. But you played a new more. game. You I did. played Vaccine. So what is Vaccine? For those who may not know. <laughs> so you, this this is kind of a new game that just popped up. It's uh, more of a it's definitely an indie title. Just popped up here on the store about what was it last week? Give Friday? or take. Yeah. yeah, forget the date, but but um, it's new. So vaccine, it's exactly what it sounds like. There, it's it's a post-apocalyptic type setting where it's kind of interesting. So I'll I'll lay out the the picture for you. Okay. So the paint the, us a picture. The game John. starts in a room, literally a bedroom, with a person on the bed who's infected. Okay. okay? And the goal of the game is you have 24 hours to locate the vaccine and cure your friend. Okay. So the game is very um, it's very different, and I'll tell you why. So every time you die, mm-hmm. it resets the map. You come up in a new room. Okay. Okay. And the controls and the actual – the whole play style controls the – the little puzzles, the zombies in the game are very, very reminiscent of Resident Evil, the original Resident Evil game for PlayStation. Okay, and you're playing um, this on Switch? Playing this on Switch. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we're talking the dumb camera angles, one for really low or one for really high, and uh, the weird directional pad where, <laughs> you know, you 
because of the camera angle when you're pressing forward, it makes you go back, stuff like that. Um, all of the annoyances from the first Resident Evil game. But right. but um, if you enjoyed that game and you were used to it, then you're used to these type of controls and these type of dumb camera angles. So for me, it's pretty much enjoyable. I, I like the game a lot. Okay. I will say, though, if you are a person who is impatient and camera angles really bug you and you don't have the best weapons or the best... Um, you know, I mean, you feel like you don't like getting close to your enemies. It's probably not a game for you. Okay, okay. Um, I do like the idea that the maps are procedurally generated, so it's different every yes. single time. Um, because, you know, one of the one of the things about The Last of Us, as amazing as that game is, the clickers were always in the same spot doing right. the same thing. So, like, there is a, there's a part fairly early on in The Last of Us where you have to get through this particular area, and... I was having a very difficult time and I basically just memorized where they were and ran through that part <laughs> of the game because I couldn't, I couldn't defeat them. I wasn't getting yeah, it. Yeah. You know, but so like I said, that must've been really early on in the game because later on is when you are able to shiv clickers and push them off of you. I mean, you had that ability this early on in the game. It's a skill I was never good at the entire time <laughs> yeah. that I played. So that you're going to, you would, do you mind just taking it away from her? No. I'm not sure what else to do. Thank you. So yeah, it must have been really early on in the game when you were not able to shiv and push off clickers. Um, it wasn't that them. early. Like you could do it. I was never good at that ability, so I was just constantly either taking too long or making too much noise. Yeah, um, that yeah. kind of thing. So this this vaccine, they're always in your face because you the movement is so difficult that. Um, you can't go. You can't really get away. Like there's no running around them. Is do you, so? Is it always indoors, or do you go outside at any point? You go outside, but it's like a hall. It's like basically an alleyway or something really small. It's so always like, close quarters. It's like on rails. Always close quarters. But yeah. you never know what the next turn's gonna be. Exactly because so. of the camera angles. That's so they'll they'll, they'll ha there will be a point where you turn a corner and then the camera will shift to the opposite end where it's looking at you. Okay, so it's kind of it's very fixed camera. Yes, that's okay. exactly what it is. Because I remember, so Resident Evil Seven, which is the newer game. Um, I know some people complained about that at times, but I know mm. that's an older mechanic that the Resident yeah. Evil games have done that yeah. before. So I was surprised that people were complaining about it because it's just kind of part of the franchise. So do you think that do you think that the procedural the procedurally generated maps made it difficult, or do you think it was the camera angles? Oh, it it's 100% the camera angles. Yeah? And, and the movement. Okay. Because when the camera angle changes, the movement changes. Sure, right. So the camera's on a different side of you. Exactly. Left is different. So, so. That, that's what that's what makes it hard. Is okay. When you're trying to navigate, and let's say like uh, the, the game has like, it, this is strategically placed. The game has like a zombie in one corner and then a zombie closer to you. Mm -hmm. So let's say you try to go around the first zombie 
you're you have to hit the second one. There's no way you can get around it. Okay. <laughs> so, so is it is what kind of weapons do you get? So you can get um, this is the interesting part. I've collected a few random weapons that I thought were not suitable for the game, <laughs> like okay. a landmine, and um, I picked up a shotgun, a pistol, which those are normal knives. Sure. Yeah. Um, and there was like some other random grenade, and I was just like, oh, those are just laying around. I got you. <laughs> those are those are in all alleyways. <laughs> That's a little bit of Dead Rising. Yeah, it's know, just a little but... weird. Um, so, but I have yet to run into any creatures or anything like that. So it's, so far it's just been zombies. Um, and I'll tell you that 24 hours, it feels, it feels pretty long. It yeah. doesn't feel like you're running out of time. I've never okay. been, never lasted long enough to be like, oh, I'm running out of time. <laughs> okay. So that's a good yeah. point though, because like, so for those uh, who haven't necessarily played, there's a game called Pandemic. It's uh, originally a tabletop yeah, game. Yeah, I actually own the tabletop. There's a great app for it, actually. I've never played it. It's really, really good. That's now, cool. I love the tabletop game, so I've, I'm already a fan of that. But the, the, the app version lets you – you can play with CPUs on your team. So that That's it's a nice. cooperative game, so you don't have to play with other people if you're just, like, you know, sitting on a bus or something. And uh, I've gotten to the point now where I, I lose every time, but I just run out of time. Right. Right. And that's really frustrating because I see the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm almost there. I've got like one one thing one, left to do yeah. and I run out of time. So you've never got like – does it have like a running clock? Do you it know? does. And then there is a clock at the top of the screen at all times. How – what's the closest you got to running out of time? Do you know? So far, it's a 24-hour clock. Um, I've probably ran it down to 19 Oh, wow. Before. Okay. But – Again, that was just me running around in the rooms, and they're they're in random spots, so it's not like you're in, uh, like in Resident Evil Two, you're like in the giant police station. Mm-hmm. I mean, this thing is like a maze. This is in random spots, and you so know, it's, it's, it's completely it's, different. Yeah, it's random, so you never know where the vaccine is. You don't. So that's interesting. Yeah. Um. So okay. So when you when you do a normal playthrough, and you you know you've spent five hours of quote game time right. in game time. Right. How long has that taken you in the real world? I, you know, I didn't time it. Yeah, okay, Honestly, I, I have I no curious. idea. <laughs> I, I want to say it's probably close to an hour, like okay. a real hour. Yeah. Um, I, I spent, uh, yeah, it was about 19 at the hour mark for me when I was playing it. So maybe like an hour every 20 minutes or so. Is kind yeah, of I would say so. Game. Okay. It's an interesting game, guys. It's only 10 bucks with taxes on the Nintendo store. It's 10.95. Um, so that's not too bad. If, for those who don't have a Switch, it is available on other platforms. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, so it's out on PS4, Xbox One, and Steam. Hmm. It was also out on Wii U, so I'm assuming that this is just like a straight port of the Wii U version to the Switch. Interesting. I, I don't actually know that, but um, but yeah, it was a Wii U title. But the gra- like this is not a game. By the way, this is this is not a game where. You expect the graphics to be top notch. No, it, it's it's very eight bit, and uh, it reminded me like I was I was looking at some screenshots. Sixteen bit, sorry. It looks like the old Resident Evil. Yeah, it's it like does just visually. It does. Um, which... it, it, the, the the camera and the characters like you get to choice between a, a male and a female, and they're both wearing like SWAT team outfits, which is exactly like Resident yeah, Evil. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, so it, it's very reminiscent. You can tell that was the inspiration for the game. That's cool. Well, you know, uh, I'll probably check it out because I'm always looking for something new to play on Switch, especially something that's a departure from Nintendo's normal first-party yeah. stuff. So that'll be cool. Um, for those wondering, it's made by Rainy Night Creations. That's the the game company. They've got one other title out there uh, that's called um, Freeze Me, 
and that's that's their other game, same platforms. Hmm. Uh, though I don't think it's hit Switch yet, but it was all it was on Wii U. Um, so you know that's that's something to check out. Um, let's see what else we got going on here. So in the news, uh, a couple of small things. First off, for you people out there who either want a PS4, what do you mean, or you, you, you PS4ers <laughs> out there? I mean, I have a PS4. I'm just joking around. But um, they've announced and shown the, uh, the the pictures of a white PS4 Pro. Now, if people who remember back, of course, you know, there was a white, you know, PS2 and so forth and a, and a Vita and all that kind of stuff. Well, now we've got a white PS4 Pro. However, if you want this thing, you're going to have to get it in the Destiny 2 bundle. It's the only way to get it. It's a limited edition thing. What's interesting is it comes with a physical copy of a game, not digital, which I thought was a weird choice. Uh, I like that because I like collecting the physical game still. That's me. But considering the direction the market is going. Yeah. I was surprised to, to see that. Um, it looks like that um, it's going to come in at $449.99 USD uh, for the PS4 Pro, one terabyte hard drive, matching white controller. So basically the white – it's the, the white version of the gold one except I, with the game. I mean, well, the gold one was just a regular – No, it came with one terabyte. But it was, it was a PS4 drive. that wasn't a Pro. Oh, you're right. It was the slim. Wow, that's actually so. So that was cheaper. That's actually too. a pretty that good deal. Well, so this one you've got. So the Pro is normally three ninety nine. Right. So basically, what this does is it you're saving money on the game, like twenty bucks. Because uh, you know the game. Well, it, it's a little confusing because so you know in today's world, if it's a triple A title, there's more than one version of the there's, game out there. Yeah. Right? And there's expansions. So this comes with the physical copy of of destiny 2 as well as codes that get you the expansion packs so um which i think there's two of at this point so basically it's kind of like getting the digital deluxe edition which is 100 bucks so you're you're getting half you're saving 50 dollars right so if you don't have a pro and you want a pro and you're gonna get destiny 2 then this is a good deal because you're gonna save 50 bucks absolutely um and then on top of that yeah it's white which is which is cool um not to slam the gold one or anything like that, but I think the I think the white looks better than the gold did. Definitely. Um, mine, I, I've got the the Arkham Knight Silver Edition of the PS4, which is awesome, uh, which is cool too. So yeah. I like these alternate colors that they do. Um, and you know, for me, I'm so I've got that. Like I said, I've got the Arkham Knight PS4, but I do have the white Xbox One S. Might be kind of nice to have two white ones sitting on the on the TV stand. Next well, to you've been wanting to get a Pro for some time now. I mean, yes and no. I, the extra hard drive space would be nice, um, but on the flip side, I don't have a 4K setup yet, you know, um, so I don't really get any advantages of that. I don't have PSVR, so there's really not a whole lot I would gain. So I'll probably wait. The only reason I upgraded my original Xbox One to the S um, was due to the doubled hard drive. And it didn't really cost me anything. It cost me about fifty bucks to upgrade because my so trade that's in. worth it. So oh, that was worth totally it. Worth yeah, fifty it. bucks to double my now, hard drive space. Now, if they did that so. kind of deal, this was GameStop, correct? Um, well, I, they had a pretty good deal going. I sold it to a friend. Gotcha. So, okay, I was yeah. gonna say if I could spend an extra fifty dollars and get a pro play PS4 yeah. Pro, I would totally do it right now. Right. <laughs> like, so uh, you know, I, I get that. But that's a thing. Um, it looks like that that bundle comes out on September sixth, which uh, which is you know when the game comes out, of course. So um, you know, it, it's an option out there. Yeah. If, if that's something that you want, um, I I imagine. Um, since what is that? De- when is the release date on Destiny? It's September sixth. So I imagine if you are going to purchase a PS4 Pro, you might even just wait till the holiday season because 
I, I can already tell you there's going to be at least three other bundles. Well, but if you want this unique color, and some people like that stuff, like I, I, I understand that. Yeah. Um, you're only going to get this a limited run. And so far, the Pro, it came out in uh, Jet Black for a little while. That was another exclusive bundle. Uh, and then it's just the regular PS4 Pro. So they're not doing a lot of different colored options for that console like they have, you know, in the past for different uh, different models. So if you want the white one, mm -hmm. you're probably going to want to go out and pre-order that and get it when it first comes out. If you want to wait and get a deal on a PS4 Pro, yeah, by all means, wait until November, December, but you're probably not going to get a white one. Well, I'm expecting so. I'm expecting at least at least one more alternate color. They've already broken number one. They've already went further on than last year. Last year when they released PS4s, there were two different or three alternate type colors or special editions. But now the Pro. The Pro they've kept really made. This is only the third different kind of Pro. Right, right. So I would not expect another one this year. Maybe next year. But Last of Us 2. So there you go. I, that I would, would expect actually that. be a good one. I would absolutely expect that. That would be a good yeah. one to do it on. So... Um, and then the only other piece of news or, or that we're really going to talk about today has to do with Overwatch. So Overwatch has announced its first six um, Overwatch League teams from uh, from Blizzard uh, – seven, excuse me. Uh, what's interesting is that some, several of these owners actually own physical sports teams. Like the Patriots. What the hell? Uh, yeah. Like, so <laughs> Seriously. Uh, Robert Kraft – who owns the New England Patriots. Which we all fucking hate. Let's oh. just be honest. Sorry. Yeah, you Patriots fans out there. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I hate that man a lot. Uh, not as much as I hate Belichick, but uh, I, I don't like him. I don't like Kraft at all. He he uses his influence, his money, and his power to bully around the rest of the league, and I don't appreciate that. Uh, but he's not the only one. We've got a few other people here. Um one of the uh, the higher up executives of the New York Mets owns a team as well. So basically, so there's going to be a team um, in New York, New England, uh, Los Angeles, Miami, San Francisco. Uh, there's one in China and one in Seoul in uh, in South Korea. So, uh, oh, and, and Shanghai. There's, yeah. There's uh there's one in Shanghai too. So we, it, it's really an interesting mix. I like that it's not just American it's teams, global. Yeah. which is cool. I wish the mix was a little bit better because it's still very heavy on the American side. Whereas, like, there's no European team at all, uh, which is a little disappointing. See, I wonder what that reasoning for that is. It's probably the entry point. It's twenty million dollars for entry. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, to not see any European or Central or South American teams was a little disappointing. No Canadian teams. No Mexico teams. Um, you know. Obviously, seeing you know South Korea is not shocking because StarCraft has been a professional sport in South Korea for a very long time. But I would have liked to have seen more of the world represented, and not like we don't we don't need was it four teams here in the states between? Yeah, we have four teams in the states. We, As a country, you know, we have more money. So like we uh, just even we though do, and I we mean, have the big sports, right? I mean, right. these guys, you know, if you own the New England Patriots, it's a billion dollar organization. Twenty million dollars is, you know, a drop in the bucket for you. Which is what so, I felt like why he did that to begin with, but just saying. Um, but you know, there's some interesting stuff in here. The uh, they'll be doing some some of this at at BlizzCon, so we'll we'll get to kind of see what that looks like. Um, so like, what are your thoughts on making gaming? Because I think this is kind of like. Although you said StarCraft has been doing this for a while, this is kind of like a first step for 
like Call of Duty's kind of had something like this where they meet in Vegas and they do this giant tournament that's televised, etc. But it's never been on a global scale, number one. And number two, it's never been quite this mainstream. So what, what is your opinion on, on, on this start of the gaming ESPN, yeah. I should say? It's, it's a shift. So historically, you know, we, there's been international gaming competitions. StarCraft, WoW, Hearthstone, especially Heroes of the Storm. Blizzard's had these for a long time. Of course, Heroes of the Storm and Hearthstone are not old games, so those not for, forever. But they've been doing this. This is not new for them. What they haven't had in the, the video game world are like officially sponsored teams right. that have an identity like, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs and the New England Patriots and the Philadelphia Eagles or the New York Mets and, you know, the Dodgers and, and the Lakers and things like that. Um, that's not been a thing. It's just been a group of, of people who play and they're sponsored by some companies, of course. But this is different. This is more organized like a professional sports team. Right, which is the part that scares me. So what, are we going to start drafting players from the well, you US? Might. I mean, you, you actually might, though. And I, I think I don't see anything from from a, a pr- practical standpoint, from a philosophical standpoint. I don't see anything wrong with esports being just as legitimate as, as sports sports, for lack of a better term, whatever you want to call those, physical sports. Um, I think that... How it's handled, of course, will will be the really deciding factor. Because right. we've the truth is we've had some pretty crooked physical sports. You know, boxing has had many issues over the years. Even the NFL has had some issues. Major League Baseball has had issues. Hell, I mean, you look at soccer throughout the world, and there's some sketchy shit that happens oh, man. in uh in, in you know what the world calls football. Um, not not NFL stuff, but like real football. Uh, even the arrest. We have, a, we have basically so, a team that represents every country, and we're talking communists or not. <laughs> so like, what's what's interesting is that esports almost has the opportunity to be more legitimate because less cheating can go on in esports if it's managed well than in a physical sport. Because in a physical sport, refs can look the other way, but in an esport, if you're using the tournaments or the league's equipment. You know, that's not hacked. Evens right? the playing field. It evens the playing field more. Now, of course, it's possible. There's still computers, right? Things get hacked. People will cheat. But it will be harder for people to be bought in an eSport league from that perspective because um, there's not as much of that human oversight. It's more of being confined by the game because right. the game won't let you do things that in the real world you can do. Right now, of course, you can still have teams, you know, throw games and stuff like that, which which happens in physical has sports a, too. Yeah, has been a very um, like I said, in boxing that happens a lot to get rematches and things like that. We were just kind of talking about that earlier today. Um, yeah, because the Mayweather fight's coming up with McGregor. With McGregor, so yeah. Let's just talk about that. <laughs> so, oh, so this is I was That's talking about example. this with some people earlier today that you know it might be a good financial move for Mayweather to throw the fight. Have McGregor win the fight and then want to rematch. Rematch it, yeah. And then these guys get paid twice, maybe three times, if Mayweather wins the, the or, rematch. Or right? they'll just pull away like they did with the Pacquiao fight, where they just hype it up so high that was and, so boring. <laughs> and make it the most boring fight um, you could possibly make. But that stuff happens in physical sports, so of course it'll yeah. happen in esports or has the potential to. Um, what I like here is the the opportunity for people who love video games. And understand the skill, the talent, the uh, excitement behind it 
is just as legitimate as a physical sport is. It's a different kind of talent. It's a different type of ability. But look, some people are born naturals at these games. Yeah. You know, there yeah. are some people who are just going to be born better first person shooter players or RTS players or what have you. Just like there are some people that are faster runners or stronger people. You know, you have genetic, um, you're genetically predisposed for things. Esports is no different from that. So like, in your opinion, you think this is a good thing. I do. You're excited for this and you want to see this. Absolutely. I'm so, not sure that $20 million is a good way to start it. I think that might be a little high, but I'm gonna I'm gonna wait and see how that goes. I mean, they got seven teams to sign up, which I mean, you know, is better than a lot of leagues. So I mean, that's a lot of money just in that pool alone. It is, and you know, you, you keep in mind that you're not hosting a team of 53 people like you are in the NFL, you know, or um, or anything like that. You're only gonna have maybe half a dozen on the team. Uh, of course, that that'll vary by game. With Overwatch, you'll probably you know you'll have some alternates, so maybe it's eight or ten people. So how do they handle? Are they going to do a new server where? Yeah, there'll be dedicated yeah. tournament servers. That which will... makes sense because I number one I don't want to play with those people. <laughs> well, I mean you probably have played you with those can. People. Yeah. I remember uh, at BlizzCon a couple of years ago, I was playing the new StarCraft expansion, uh, Legacy of the Void, when it first uh, was debuted at BlizzCon with a couple of friends, and there was this one guy who was there who just wiped the floor with us. And I don't know, he might have been one of the guys competing <laughs> that weekend. He was pretty amazing. Um, but they're going to have to have special servers because the games get tweaked so often. Right. That they're going to have to have, like, this is the 2017 game server, and it doesn't change in 2017. Right? Just like in, in real sports, the rules don't change during the season. They change in the off season. Right. Right? So that what you did in 2016 might not work in 2017, but you you had the off season to adjust. This will have to be the same way. You're not going to have characters nerfed or buffed or characters added or maps added um, in normal league play during a season. You'll have to have an off-season or uh, expedition. Yeah. I know what you're trying to say. Yeah. So, you know, um, that that's just kind of how the league's going to have to work in order for people to be able to take it seriously and in order for it to be consistent and fair. Because the last thing you need is for a league game to be going on and – Ten minutes before the game starts, you know, uh, everyone's doing Road downloads. Hook, Roadhog's hook gets gets nerfed, and everybody freaks right. out. Everyone's downloading prior to the game. Yeah, that can't <laughs> the newest update. It's got to be, you know, I'm making up these dates, but let's pretend the season is March 1st through November, you know, um, through November 1st, right? Let's just pretend that's the season. Then you're gonna have to have the exact same player statistics or character statistics through that entire time. And if you're going to make a change to a character in league play, that's going to happen on November 2nd for the right. next year. Right. Right. Um, so this it'll be interesting to see. There'll be growing pains just like there always is. Um, you know, um, for example, you look at uh, the Arena Football League. The AFL um, has been around for a little over 20 years. We're, we're from Kansas it, City. It goes those up and know, down. Our team folded twice. We no longer have it. Right. Uh, you know, it, it's not always successful and it's not going to be successful in every market. What's going to be interesting here is how will you know what a good market is? Are you going to host physical locations for these tournaments uh, like you do for a football game? See, or that was the part game? that was the part that I was concerned about. So, yeah. are we now going to start building arenas for this to, for people to come and watch? I think you'll or, have to. Or are we going to do these at conventions? Well, like I think, it's been. I think it's a little bit of overlap. 
I think you're still going to have like championships are still going to happen at like BlizzCon because it's their game and it's their convention. Oh, yeah. And what's the best way to bring everyone But to the arenas convention? that they build, I mean, the StarCraft arena is pretty cool that they put together every year for the championship at BlizzCon. Um, I would imagine that these cities, like Robert Kraft is going to have to build something or, or rent out a space somewhere in New England to, to host it. Just like, you know, in, in, in Florida or in, um, you know, wherever the, these teams are, they're going to have to have some space where these players can go and people can come and watch because you're going to want to sell tickets. You're going to sell jerseys and hats. That's and, the problem I have you know, with it. Hot dogs, the whole nine. That's the problem I have with it. But I think that's great because think about it like this. Not everybody wants to go to an NFL game. No, not everybody wants to go to Arrowhead. As much as I love going to Arrowhead, not everybody wants to go. But some people want to go watch their thing. And if you had the Sprint Center, which is here in Kansas City, which is a, a wonderful arena where we spend our time doing mostly concerts because we don't have a team there. Imagine, though, if you set up giant screens. And I'm talking, you know, hundreds and hundreds of inches. Giant yeah, yeah. projectors. And you could you had four of them up high, and you could sit anywhere in there and watch this. And there was you know there was music, and there was you know pyrotechnics, and there were commentators talking about stuff because maybe not it wouldn't you know they already do this in Heroes of the Storm where they have commentators on these championships and these these competitions where they talk about who's doing what, and you can watch the different lanes and they switch between them and they talk strategy. There are strategies um, when you play Hearthstone. There are certain types of deck builds. You know that that people do that that are named appropriately for that style, and you can co you can comment on those things the same way you can about the West Coast offense and the Wildcat offense and the you know the Jim Johnson Ben Don't Break defense kind of <laughs> stuff. I mean, you can do that same type of terminology with esports. There's really no difference. I, I guess it's just I'm I'm a personal uh, my personal opinion. I just don't want to see this become commercialized and next thing you know i mean we're already in a, in a we're already evolving in a sense where people aren't playing games anymore they're just watching other people play the games on twitch and stuff like that this brings my next question but um i'm gonna actually have another question about twitch but so it's like so now we're getting away from i know it, it's the intention is that people are going to want to play it more. They're going to want to, you know. I don't know that that's the intention of the of Yeah, the it's, it's obviously to make money. But what right. I'm saying, though, is like, does this draw away? Well, I don't think I need to play. I can just watch professionals play. I don't think so, though, because think about this. Think about it like this. You and I are not in the NFL, right? But we're both going to – or let's – We'll pick a better thing for you and me. You and I do not play professional soccer in MLS. Right. But we're probably both going to pick up FIFA 18 for Switch. <laughs> That's different. It's That's, not. It's not yes different. Yes, it is. Because here's – well, it's different because in Because one's physical that, and one's not. Well, so in this case, we can actually get even closer to the real thing. We because can. we already play Overwatch. So we can actually do literally the same thing, just not as well. <laughs> right? So I think that what this does is it, it broadens the scope. And it allows people who maybe can't afford to play video games or maybe just enjoy watching them. I mean, the truth is, if I can watch – I like watching Hearthstone matches. <laughs> I think they're a lot I of fun. I don't think so. Because what people come up with in their deck building has always fascinated me because I like deck building. And I want to see what, what the best of the best put in their decks and how they stage their cards because how they use there's them, yeah. combos and things like that. That makes that, sense. You know, I love that. And I think it's no different than somebody who played – ball in college and couldn't quite make it into professional league, but they still want to go to Buffalo Wild Wings and watch a game while 
hanging out with some buddies. I would love if they were going to nationally televise Overwatch League games for you and me and a couple of other friends. We get Ryan to go watch it. Go like eat eat some junk food and watch these matches, man. I think it would be a lot of fun. When you pitch it that way, it sounds awesome. But uh, my other question was: so do you think that um, this? So this would obviously not like would this go in in work and cohesive with Twitch or are we trying to push Twitch out and go well you're gonna watch our stuff because we want you to come and pay well it's gonna depend on the league right it's, right because Twitch is not league based Twitch right. is individual so based. who do you think they'll push out Twitch I think that they have the potential to but you have to keep in mind that Twitch is for everything. I mean, we streamed Screen Heroes on Twitch, our other podcast, right? I'm talking about so, pr- primarily the professionals are obviously going to be picked but up. But the professionals, they're not streaming their professional matches on Twitch. The, the tournaments are. The tournaments are streaming on Twitch. That's the key. And the reality is that we want to talk about commercializing. Well, games have been commercialized yeah. for a very long time. I mean – you could go back to Mountain Dew as a drink is basically a video game drink and the high voltage stuff and they they pitch uh, it with Halo like, yeah it's Doritos, Doritos and Mountain Doritos. Dew just goes with Halo exactly <laughs> right even Taco Bell to an extent yeah that's true it's commercialized if you go to a video game convention it is commercialized they're not necessarily selling the same stuff. But when you go to a video game convention, it's Intel and IBM and Razer and SteelSeries and, you know, they're there, right? Um, that's that's commercialized. It's just a different commercial. I, I guess I was just trying to get to the point where um, the question was, the main question was, are we going to make, are we going to push other people out so that they can make money or are we going to work with them, it's going to be different and leagues. make it available for everyone. It's, well, it's not going to it's not going to be available for everyone because it's a professional league. But that's no different than any other sport. You and I can go out and find a flag football league that's a rec league to join, and we can play. And if we get good enough, there's a lot of different football leagues out there. There's the indoor football league. Um, there's a couple other um, independent leagues, and I'm, I'm drawing blank on names on, on here. But you know, there's different levels that you can get to, just like there is for hockey and baseball has farm teams and all that kind of stuff. Um, this will be no different. There will be people on Twitch who are going to be those lower level players, or the people who want to be independent players who are going to still have that as a thing. I mean, it is backed by Amazon now, so it's it's not like it's a small player, right? Um, Versus Blizzard, which has Activision, of course, but it's still not Amazon. What if they start drafting from Twitch? How crazy would that but be? But you could see that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, that that's the point that I'm trying to make is is competition is not always a bad thing. It, a lot of the times it's a good thing. And in this case, what you're doing is, is you're taking an industry that is very jumbled and inconsistent and you're starting to c- clear the path. You're starting to come up with rules and policies and things to measure. Because right now it's hard to do that. You know, I mean, hell, we, we could start our own video game tournament here in Kansas City and, you know, call crown a champion. But what does that mean? Probably nothing. Right. But if <laughs> you have just Kansas City, if you're the champion of the Overwatch League that is owned by Blizzard and Activision. That's global. That's a global international thing, right, that has guys like Robert Kraft, like him or not, who own these teams. That legitimizes you. That's true. Right. I mean, that's a really good point. And that means that these players have an opportunity to unionize. These players have an opportunity to get benefits and not be worked. Some In some of these cases, and not all, I don't want to speak for everybody out there, but a lot of these tournament players are not treated well 
by their sponsors. They're, they work incredible hours. They get paid very little. They have very little breaks. But there are some, ones that on the flip side There are some that, that do a good yeah. job. Just like, you know, there are some companies that treat their employees well without laws and some that, that don't, even with them. Um, but what this will do is it will, it will create a situation like the NFL, like Major League Baseball, like the NBA and the NHL and so forth, where these players can unionize and work together as a stronger force for the betterment of the player. Because at the end of the day, the leagues don't exist without the players. We can talk about the NFL all day long, right? But if the players don't play, you have the strike seasons. No, we have the Nobody NFL. likes the strike seasons. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I'm, a, I'm a Philly guy. And there was a season where you had the <laughs> Pennsylvania Steagles, the Steelers and the Eagles combined to be a team for one season because of the player strike. Nobody wants to see that again. All right. And <laughs> if we can legitimize esports like Blizzard's trying to do with the Overwatch League, the players can be better protected. I think that's a fine point to end at. <laughs> All right. Well, then let's move on then to the big topic. Hold on. Hold oh, on. Hold on. Whoa. Hold whoa, on. Whoa. Guys, we want to hear your opinion on this. Do you think this is a good thing? Do you think this is a bad thing? Give me some insight. Drop us a comment or leave us a review. Yes. So you can find us at heroespodcast.com, at heroespodcast on Facebook and Twitter. So go go talk to us. But we're not done yet. We've we're not got done. Castlevania, the show, the, <laughs> the series. show. The Netflix series. So first questions first. Have you played the original, the original on Super Nintendo? Wow, you're just going right, right out there. Yeah. Huh? So that's I'm like, calling you out. <laughs> so you're calling it out immediately. So I have to say this. I have never played a Castlevania. Oh, game. I knew you were going to say uh, that. I knew a, it. It's been a blind spot for me. Um, it was just one that I missed as a kid and never got back into later on. I have every intention. I feel of, like you would play them it, at some though. point. They're on my list, um, but I'm aware of them. I, I, I've um, I've read up on them. I know about the platforms and some yeah. different things. Um, so I was somewhat prepared to watch the show, but like most video game stuff that gets made into a movie or anything like that, I try not to compare too much because it's rare that they line up. So a lot of people, that, at least from the reviews that I've read, are like, it's not a direct translation. It's not. It's not exact. Exactly like the game, folks. It's a. It's an old game that you got the story based on the progress you made through the game. Okay, and that's even inconsistent. Well, yeah. So I mean, they've, to, they've... to add dialogue to make all those events happen <laughs> is a lot harder, in my opinion. <laughs> It's a complicated timeline, yeah. and they've even removed some games from to. the official yeah. canon timeline. They had to. Um, In order to streamline and make consistency and create, it's kind of like, uh, you know, the shows, like, uh, there's a show right now about John Adams. Okay, there are things that happen in John Adams' life, we know, but there are conversations that we don't know about that happen in between those events. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of the same thing with the with the show, is I feel like... They have to add dialogue. They have to remove things. They have to make it so that it's somewhat consistent to those events in the story. Well, I, I think they didn't want to copy a game because then for the same reason that um, – oh, uh, what was the more recent one that I'm, I'm thinking of? Where they, they basically – they ignored the timeline altogether because they didn't really want to get pushed into Resident a box. Resident Evil. Um, the newest Resident well, Evil. Well, Resident Evil. Resident Evil, yeah. All of but them. I'm, I'm, ta I'm talking Castlevania though. There was um, the Castlevania game. I'm drawing a blank on the title of it now, of course. 
But uh, basically, they, they kind of skipped the whole timeline because they didn't want to get boxed in, right? Yeah. Because Dracula has some rules. He only shows up every 100 right. years. Right. You can only do so much with that timeline. And they were running out of dates to use. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know? I mean, like, like, what do you do? <laughs> there's so many games here. So I pulled up the wiki so I wouldn't be you know, forget the whole line here yeah. of games, right? It starts all the way back in 1986 with the original Castlevania. Um, which was out on a variety of consoles, the Famicom Disk System, the NES, Com- Commodore 64, etc. Um, the very next year was Castlevania 2. The very next year was Haunted Castle. The very next year was Castlevania the Adventure. The very next, like, seriously, basically from 86 to 91, there was a new game every year. Well, and, and then there was only one year off, and then they had two in 93. I was gonna, yeah, I was going to say, like, <laughs> So how big is the story? How far can we go yeah. before it's saturated? <laughs> it's a lot of games. It's partly why I haven't gotten into them because it's a little daunting to think how to tackle a franchise that large right. in 2017 after all these games. And I mean, the, you know, the most recent one being in, in 2014. Well, they have um, a new one coming out. Too. And they do. They have another yeah. in 2018. Which I'm gonna get the Castlevania First Order. Or I might just like get that. that one and start there. And that's but... more Nazi esque, in my opinion, which looks pretty cool. Yeah, they're following the Wolfenstein model, a which I'm bit, fine with, which is cool. I'm, but... I'm good with that. Um, but yeah, so they, they've got the Netflix series, uh, a couple things about it that, uh, you know, people may or may not, um, care too much about. Um, it's only four episodes in the first season. That pissed me off. Sorry. Super short. I had to say that. that, that you guys knew it was going to be a hit, but yet you, you put out four episodes. It is really, really short. It's less than a hundred minutes. Uh, so it's like an hour and a half. Yeah. They're 23 um, minutes each episode. It's basically one movie, which... I mean, they're calling it a season. It kind of reminds me a bit of like Red versus Blue, where um, you know they they do a bunch of episodes and they patch it up as a season. It's basically a movie. Um, and I think the only reason they call it a season is because of the way Netflix. Well, but Netflix does movies. They don't do miniseries. It's no, all but seasons. they but they do movies. And so I feel like this easily could have been just a movie. Yeah, if you spliced it together. I'm not entirely sure because since they released it at once and it was only four episodes. And they're only 23 minutes apiece. It seems like an interesting decision. I'd like to know why. Right. I was going to say, that's the confusion. Yeah. Why? So, one thing I want to put out there. Okay. I'm very excited about this. All right, let's let's do it. Uh, Dive in. Dude, I have to say, the voice casting is phenomenal for it. You've got Armitage, who did Thorin... King Thorne in, in the Hobbit series. I know the Hobbit series wasn't as great, but him himself as an actor yeah, is yeah. solid. He's the main character. I, I will say this. He's uh, There were times in the first episode, maybe two, where I had a hard time understanding some of the characters. Uh, the, the, the background noise maybe was too much. Uh, so, like, for example, so, okay, at this point forward, yeah, there's going to be yeah. some spoilers for season one of the <laughs> Castlevania Netflix series. So if you haven't watched it yet and you don't want spoilers, uh, pause, come back later, uh, and, and you can talk to us. Like I said, it's only an hour and a half. Um, okay, so or in the beginning when Dracula's wife gets burned right. at stake and Dracula shows up as like the fire demon He's face He's lost thing, faith in humanity. I had a hard time understanding every word he was saying. I, some of them got droned out by this, the sound of the flames. And so I feel like the sound mixing maybe was a little bit off in the first episode or two. Um, like in the bar scene, um, 
he uh the the drunk dude who's talking like i could only understand like every third like every like two or three words he would say and I, I'd miss so the those are one. side characters well dracula um, was in it for an episode and the a half. one episode <laughs> and he was in fire for maybe 10 but I, important stuff was happening in those one scenes scene? though because <laughs> two scenes a, but that the the fire scene i'm talking about sets up the rest of the season and i'm assuming what's happening in season two uh, which is, you know, his army. He raises his army. He yeah. does that, right? So he's explaining all of it, and I'm missing some of it. And then the bar scene is where we find out that Belmont, like, who he is, that he's, you know, not just some drunk dude in the bar. Right? He's actually a badass. Yeah. Right. So, I, like, those are important scenes. So that's why I bring them up, because... Which it, guy... Are you talking actual Belmont's voice whistler? Richard no, 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 Armitage's no, 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 no. voice? No, or the, you're talking about the drunk fat guy that the was drunk trying fat to guy at the bar. start the fight. Right, that yeah. guy. Yeah, I, I was having a hard time catching every word that he said because he had a bit of, his accent was a little thick and he was a little drunk. He was supposed to sound a little drunk and things like that. Um, so I missed a few things there. But Well, like know. Richard Armitage is one, one of the actors. There's another um, – McTavish, that guy has done all the voices for like some of the Call of Duty games. Uh-huh. So he's another big one. I mean, those are those are big names. There's also uh, two other big names that can't ring a bell, but they've you've seen them a lot. So in my opinion, the fact that you got these these voice actors together to do uh, a mini series and potentially another season, which it's already been well, renewed. It's, 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 it's already been renewed. Yeah. It's greenlit. And just yeah. to clarify for people, season two will have eight episodes. Right. So it's almost, which is still short. It's still short for an anime. Very short. It's still short, but it is double the first season. So that's a good right. sign. Right. It's a good sign. So I'm going to take that as a positive. Well, I was just saying know, like but... to, to uh, put this out there um, and get the that type of voice acting, usually it's very no-name-ish, unless you're like Attack on Titan, which you can afford uh, Matt Mercer and like <laughs> people right off the bat. But uh, no, no, uh, I was very surprised to see those types of names for a four-episode series. So I wonder if it was nostalgic. These guys have a, a connection to the game and they wanted to do it or they just blew the budget on that. Um, I don't even know that it was a, a budget issue as much as nobody really knew what to expect from this. It's it's an adult anime um, that was all done in English. Um, <laughs> That's common. Um, right, but it, it, it's about a video game franchise. And a lot of the time, video game adaptations that are movies or shows end up bombing. They, because know, they scrap the wrong stuff. Well, and in okay. this particular situation, their focus was on the Catholic Church – and how corrupt it was. And I think that was a yes. bold choice. And it was good. Yeah. Now, I think that their big bump is from Warren Ellis. So Warren yeah. Ellis wrote it. Yeah. Um, which is a really big deal. I mean, this guy, like his his pedigree is pretty good. Another name though, that's what I'm saying. Where he, do you get the where do you get the money for these guys? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it, it is Netflix. It right? is Netflix. <laughs> Um, but I mean, he's, he's done a lot. I mean, he wrote, um, on Iron Man three, yeah. red two, he's done work on several Marvel TV shows. Um, he did, he wrote the, the original red graphic novel. Um, he wrote for dead space, which of course is a, is a, is a classic video game Very that every, everybody loves. Um, he's, he's written for, uh, he wrote an episode of justice league unlimited, which is one of my favorite cartoons of all time. One of the best. Um, and so, I mean, he's done a lot of really good stuff. A lot of it animated. And so because a lot of it's animated and he's written graphic novels and he understands that, I think that it was a natural progression for him to take a video game franchise 
and make it a, a cartoon. I think that he he is really probably the glue that held all of this together. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree with that. I, I my personal opinion is uh, overall it was very good. I liked it a lot. Um, it's touching, like I said, on some very sensitive subjects, and the corruption of the Catholic Church is a huge subject. Yeah. So so, so let's let me ask you this. Uh, let's just kind of dive into some of the details here. What did you think of the animation style itself? So the style itself to me, uh, it's like every, it, it's pretty basic to me, to, to, to most anime. Yeah. I think they made it, um, one thing I do like is they, they definitely made the, the characters look white. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes anime, you can't really tell the orientation of the character because, they live in Japan. They have Japanese cultures, but they're white or all yeah. these other weird things. And I'm not trying to bring race into it, but I'm just saying like that's the difficulty no, when it comes to I, I've talked to some people about like Pokemon, for example. A- Ash, yes, Ash very Ketchum. much. Yeah. Is, is Ash Japanese? Is he, you know, what is he? Yeah. Um, and so I understand what you're saying. So uh, I, I thought the animation was a little um, plain. I no. felt that like I was kind of hoping for a twist, something unique to the show. And it just felt very standard anime. But it it was very standard, yes. But the parts, I think they like excelled. I don't know if they did this on purpose. The parts where there was blood were better. Yes, the the violent scenes were were the more interesting visually scenes, which was crazy, which was cool. So okay, so let's talk. About, were you surprised at all by kind of the the level of violence? Actually, I expected more. You expected more? <laughs> yeah. Okay. See, I, I actually didn't even expect that much because it's just a, it's a Netflix cartoon. So I I, I, th- I figured they'd be careful. It's a rated mature game. So well, sure. I expected. But... I actually expected more decapitations. Mm-hmm. I expected um, that last battle that he had with the the sleeping knight. Mm-hmm. Oh, I expected him to get tore up the sleeping night and then gain his respect. Uh, that battle was See, actually kind of let me down. Oh, I liked it. I really, I thought it was very uh, I like that anticlimactic. Battle. It's like here we go, let's test each other's wits, and then it's like, oh, okay, well you are who you say you are. I think, I think we're would, good. Well, because <laughs> I, I think that uh, and that's Dracula's son. I think he was just toying with him the whole time. Oh, for sure. You know, dude so. has. Dude has uh, I mean, yeah. What he has like one of those calls, but he's got the whip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, he's got you know. But uh, no, um, I actually was expecting to tone it down a bit because since it is Netflix, anybody who has Netflix can watch it, basically, right? And so I figured because it's a cartoon, they might have scaled the violence down a bit. Um, Netflix has been building a they, lot of anime re- recently. Yes, so. and so I'm, I'm glad they didn't. But yeah. I was initially surprised, like so that that alley scene. For example, where uh, he's gonna save the the speaker, right? Yeah, the, and he, the first time you meet him, yeah. Yeah, he takes the 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 guy's finger off and then takes the dude's eyeball. Hi. Out. Yeah, like, I, didn't I was like, whoa, that part. yeah, fuck, <laughs> totally well, caught me off guard. So like that's funny. That was like the first real violence because like they beat they beat the crap out of each other in the bar. There was nothing crazy. No, I will say that some of the burning at the stake was a little graphic. Yeah, for yeah. a cartoon. Um, it didn't bother me, but I just thought it was like, wow, they're really showing this. And then like <laughs> they go back and she's totally charred. I'm yeah. like, wow, they're they're showing that too. And then she crumbles. I'm like, okay, so they're going all in. We on know this. that she's dead. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was like the first, the first like, oh, okay, this is where we're at, kind of thing. And uh, how about that 
speaker being a woman and a, a wizard. She's a magician. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah, I know, a magician. Um, I love that she has powers. Right? And it's just like, that caught me off guard, to be honest well, with you. And it that's bothered not, me. That's the part that's not very uh, lore. Yeah. It bothered me that she was down in the catacombs with the Cyclops because Stone. Yeah. it seemed like the speakers are fairly intelligent. And it seemed like she would know better than to be down there by herself with no weapons. But it's because she's actually a magician and, exactly. and, and can easily take care of herself. But she got overpowered by a giant cyclops. <laughs> so like that, that totally worked for me. I liked it later on. Yeah. But at first, you're like, "What the hell? Like, what the hell is she doing down there?" And then I was like, "Well, there's a couple other knights that have been killed. Like maybe they're with her, but that doesn't make any sense <laughs> either, right?" And so, um, speaking of which, I did like when. She, um, that scene where, where he kills the, the Cyclops and she's brought back to life. I do like at the end, right, as they're leaving, the other dead bodies become unstoned. Yeah, they come back. They, they're, they're, they come back too. Because in my head, I'm like, they're going to forget about those bodies. And they didn't. <laughs> and they didn't. They yeah. didn't forget about it. I love the attention to detail. So, like, what I thought from that was the most recent was revived. So those guys must have been there much longer so yeah they were last to revive yeah and that was fine with me or maybe it was because they were dead it took a little like whatever i liked that they didn't forget about them yeah that was super cool i really appreciated that i thought that was great that that was um so the two main characters dracula's son the the female she's the one that's kind of not in lore that everyone's kind of been complaining about mm. she's badass i like her personally and I mean, what are your opinions? Do you thought it was a good idea to add this character? Or do you think they should have been more faithful? So this is where I'm going to Or maybe add her later. For those who listen to Screen Heroes, I'm going to sound a little bit hypocritical here. Because I did not like that in the Hobbit movies, they brought in, you know, or- Orlando uh, Orlando Bloom. Oh, man. And expanded his character, who's not even in the Hobbit book. And then they added Tyrael, who's not a character at all. But... Being someone who doesn't really know the Castlevania lore and doesn't really know the games that well um, and doesn't have like a personal investment in the fandom, I thought she was awesome and was really excited to see her use her abilities. You know, she's got the giant ice walls and she can and she create fits fire. That team. And, You're and like, oh, you've got a complete team. It now. was really cool. It's like this nice trifecta. Exactly. Uh, it was a good balance, and I think that it's a good it's a good opportunity to add a strong female character into a franchise that wasn't really using one. I mean, I know that Sonya was a character in some of the Castlevania games, uh, or she was going to be. I'm drawing a blank now uh, after reading up on stuff. They they added her and removed her. Is that what it was? Yeah, okay, it's maybe been that's so many. Yeah. yeah. So I like that they wanted to, at the at, you know, at the beginning of this, you know, in episode three, we're cementing a strong female character right. is going to be part of this team. And I also like that it kind of bookends the first season because the season starts with a strong female character who is very intelligent and not afraid of Dracula and not afraid of science and learning and things that, like that. That was – yeah, that was my – I thought that was a very good motivation to explain why Dracula has basically gone mad and is I would have liked out. I would have liked a little more time spent – on their relationship. Yeah, it was too quick to cover in, like, the first half of the first episode. Well, that was the thing, because, like, okay, so they meet. He's kind of rude to her. She's, I feel like she's a little too trusting, you know. And then all of a sudden they've been married, happily married for, <laughs> what was it, 10 years, 5 yeah. years, something like that. Um, and, like, I, I get it, but because you use so little time, you use less than 100 minutes, 
you could have given us another 10 and shown them, you know, working on stuff together, inventing yeah, yeah. things, traveling maybe, or um, them getting married. You know, you could have shown something, you know, of them living together as right. a couple, not as Dracula and the new girl, right? Because <laughs> um, I would have liked to that, – then I feel like her death would have been – a little more emotional for us, the viewer. See, that's exactly, yeah. I, I felt like, oh, that's what changes him. I get why that motivation, but you're right. You didn't have any connection to her. You mm-hmm. were kind of just like, well, he lost his wife. That sucks. I'd be pissed too. Right. But then you're asking like, how, what's the gravity of the situation? Well, and so if they're married and they're together, why is she at this town performing these scientific acts that are going to That was her, that, I, you know? I'm pretty sure that's where she was from. It is. Yeah. But, they but said she, that. But why was she there? She went initially to Dracula, I believe, for help. Yes. For that reason. And then she thought she saw that this help could help. I'm saying help a lot. She saw that this technology could help her village. And right. the Catholic Church, of course, wouldn't have it. No, of course not. Um, um, because it's it's the devil's work. But um I don't know. I, I guess I just I would have liked more, more yeah, explanation. Yeah, for sure. I think you could have just story. spent the first two on on them. Well, because they, they, I first agree. I totally agree. Because you took a character. She she was super interesting and super compelling, and then she's dead like immediately. Uh, yeah, and like within ten minutes. So that was really disappointing. But maybe if they had given her more, then the motivation would be better for Dracula. And then at the same time, Dracula then disappears. He creates his army. And they do more of the talking. And then flash and the to the present. The yeah. And so, then flash to the present. And you're like... And you're following this drunk guy around. Who, <laughs> they keep talking about how he and his family were a bunch of badasses. But he's not anymore. And But he still kind of is. But he is, yeah. But he keeps talking about how he's out of practice. He's in retirement. <laughs> so again, it was like they wanted to sell us on a lot of these things without showing us anything. Right. Like they were running out of time. And... Because they were. Because they didn't have any time. <laughs> Four 23-minute episodes is not enough. No. That's it's, why I was very weirded out when it when I saw that. I'm like, that has got to be the shortest first season of an anime ever. <laughs> Seriously. Like, you're talking about an entire season that you could put with all of the special features on one DVD. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Like, oh, I could send that to you in a zip file <laughs> right? Like, right now. Like it's, no- <laughs> it's nothing. You know? I mean – I thought that one punch man was short and it was like 13 episodes, 13, yeah. you know, uh, this was so short. I mean, I watched it tonight and last night. <laughs> that's, is that the weird in, in two groups? Uh, um, I watched it in one sitting Saturday morning. <laughs> I was going to, but like we, we record screen heroes last yeah, night. And yeah. so I, I basically, I, I, uh, did the, I did the podcast, watched some, had to go to bed for work. And then I watched the rest of it before we did this. So, you know, it was just so quick. It was so quick. Oh, like, like I said, 46 minutes, and you're like, oh, man, The Flash le- runs longer than that. One and then episode it, of The Flash. It ends on this really big kind of cliffhanger moment of we've got the team. We're ready to go. Let's do this scene. <laughs> exactly. And it ends. So I will say I'm very glad that it was greenlit for a second season. Yes. Uh, I hope that they can get it out in a timely manner. So, so what I'm hoping for is um, – we're going to talk about things that are more true to the story and I'll keep it short, more true to the Castlevania series as a mm-hmm. game. Adding a Cyclops in like the second episode or third episode was genius because that's what you fight in Castlevania. You fight these weird ass creatures that you're like, Oh, cause Castlevania is the first time they had mixed, um, medieval fantasy and took Dracula and all this other like concepts. It's an interesting and kind of, mashup. They did a very weird mashup. Yeah. yeah. 
And um, I thought that was really cool to to have that Cyclops scene all together. Mm -hmm. um, but then still have vampires coexist. And well, it's... I like the creatures, the demons, uh, specifically yeah. the one that had like the all the blue eyes and the, the spikes talk. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was so cool. I yeah. really liked that a lot. I liked that it could talk. I liked the idea that we can have a conversation with these demons. And that scene, that scene where the bishop is killed uh, inside the church has some of the best dialogue that I yeah. can remember on any cartoon. Uh, you know, he's you know, the, the bishop's talking about, you can't be in here. This is a house of God. And the demon's like, God's not here, dude. This is, this yeah. is an empty house. What are you going to do? In fact, God thinks you're a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much what he said. You know, it's like, I just, that scene was so awesome. That's yeah. my favorite scene in the season. Okay, so that, like that's not my favorite scene, but it is a very good scene. I do you I, have a favorite? A favorite scene yeah. particularly? Um, I, I I'm a sucker for action, sure, sure. but I like the the assault on the village and the demons are all coming in. He's he's rallying oh, up yes. everybody. That's, yeah, and he's taking control and he's like, "This is what we're gonna do. This is how we're gonna do it. I've done this before. Trust me." It was cool. That was a really good scene. There's a lot of detail in there. They had the holy water. They had yeah. salt. And he's like, I guess he was really holy. Or like, I love that. Yeah. His little throwaway lines, like the one good priest yeah. in the whole village. Uh, that was to me. That was a really good scene. That was a very good scene because it that, legitimized everything we've been told about this guy. Right. Right. You know that he's yeah he's done this before because up until then he's just beat up some some priests and bishops and stuff right or cardinals. Well, some thugs and, that are uh, uh, posing as priests. yeah basically right. He, you know, he, he's beat up a, a drunk fat guy, right? <laughs> but now, yeah. like, he's basically he's basically leading a small militia of untrained civilians against demons. See that that's the part for me was just like the turning point. It's like this guy is not only is he legitimate, but he actually wants to do good at that point. Because like saving the sleep, uh, the um, the speakers. Um, niece or, or granddaughter yeah. was basically just him being like okay are you guys gonna leave now right he needed them to leave. get out yeah. of here he was doing that for just to yeah. get things over with exactly and then and then finally when they're like yeah we kind of need to defend ourselves and he's like all right all right let's do this and and that's where yeah. he really changes yeah no you're totally right it's a turning point but um I would like to see in season two, we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up here with what yep. we want to see in the second season. Sure. Um, I want to see more creatures. Yes. I want to see um, more background on the, the Beaumont family. Mm -hmm. And um, I want to see like more flashbacks basically is what I'm asking for. Flashbacks would be cool to see the Belmonts fighting vampires mm -hmm. and demons and things like, like that. Like what's the relationship between uh, Dracula and his son? Why do they hate each other? Right. That would be yeah. cool to see as well. Um, I think that I'd like to see a little bit of them having to kind of do the hero's journey where they have to, they have to find Dracula and fight through, you know, hordes of Well, they of all know where he lives. Stuff. Well, but he, he, the castle can move. That's all. Oh, that's that's right. You know, so I would kind of like if it's not super easy for them to find him. Well, if you're if you're expanding the episodes to eight, and I imagine they want to go further than season two. I think it would be cool if the first five episodes are spent with them trying to locate Dracula, and then episodes you know six, seven, and eight are confronting Dracula. Yeah, and he gets away somehow. You know, <laughs> you know, like because you know maybe. 
episode five ends with them they found the castle and then episode six is them going through the castle episode seven is them you know they find dracula and they're they're fighting dracula right and then at like the climax is the end of episode seven and episode eight is you know the, the, how the fight ends well, and, we're, yeah like you know, the aftermath that. yeah i think it'd be a really cool arc yeah. um so that's what i'd like to see i hope they don't I, i'm just saying i i hope they don't end it on season two i want to see more fantasy so like basically we fight there's creatures you don't fight just demons in the game in the game you fight not just cyclops either you fight like dinosaurs you fight like i mean i'm serious like well, maybe you, goblins maybe there's a way of... for dracula to throw him back in time or something like that who you knows know? um, yeah it would be cool to see more vampires and maybe that's s- what i want yeah have to see you know dracula's son kill other vampires because they're they're in his way it's, it's obvious vampires yeah. are superior in this world mm-hmm. so so that'd be cool to see yeah um, but that's going to be it for us. I know we kind of went long this week. We had a lot to talk about, but we <laughs> want to know what you guys thought of Castlevania as well. So hit us up heroespodcast.com and at heroes podcast on all the social medias. Don't forget to go to iTunes and leave us a review. If you do, we will give you a shout out on the show. We will read your review, good or bad. Um, and, and what's uh, the best part? <laughs> the best part is when we reach 10 reviews, we are going to randomly select one of you and give away a free video game and we're talking like a legit video game here not some 99 cent app or something like that but we don't want to pick something because we want to talk to the winner and see what what platform you have what kind of games you like and find something that you actually would be excited to play right so give us that review go check us out and i guess we'll catch you guys next week see you guys Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.